Welcome to Verse Out of Water. I'm your host, Ike Johnston, and this is the podcast that keeps Scripture in context. We finished up our look at the four verses in the Romans Road last time, so this episode is going to be a little bit different. We're going to start off by looking back over those verses and trying to determine what is actually wrong with the Romans Road system and why we should or should not use that system. And then we're going to answer a possible objection Some people, if they listen to this podcast or you tell them the things that this podcast has has discussed, they may object and say, well, doesn't God use the Romans road? So we're going to discuss that. And then I'm also going to give you a possible alternative and maybe a better road through Romans. If we're going to share the gospel using the book of Romans in a summary fashion, maybe there's a better way we can go about it. So let's jump right in. We're going to look at the four verses real quickly again. We started off with Romans 3.23, and that says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What was wrong with that verse in the Romans Road was that it's an incomplete sentence. Um, It ignores the main thought, the main point that Paul is bringing out in that complete sentence. Really, Paul, in that phrase, is looking back over his shoulder at something he's already established while he's going about to establish the fact that all people have to be saved by grace. It's not in context. That was probably the closest of the ones that are out of water, probably the closest to the water, but it's still out of water. It's not what Paul's saying there. Uh, Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, When we look at that passage in context, it is written to believers, not to unbelievers. And that death being spoken of is a temporal or temporary distancing in one's relationship with his heavenly Father not an eternal state. It's not eternal punishment in hell. That's not what Paul is talking about in that in that verse. Romans 5, 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died to us. That also is not written to unbelievers. It's written to Christians, and it's written as part of a proof that Paul is trying to bring, saying that if God loved you this much while you were a sinner, he must love you so much more now that you're his child. And God's love is not lost even when you're in suffering and even when you're in great tribulation, God still loves you. And we can look back at how he's loved you as a sinner and take confidence that he loves us today. And so that's what Paul's talking about in Romans 5.8. So that verse is out of water. Romans 10.13, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That verse is in water. So that was exciting. That was good. The Romans road got one right. Romans 10.13 is a great gospel invitation verse. So what is wrong with the Romans road? Well, this is this is interesting. Many times people will twist Bible verses and make them say or teach or indicate something that is actually unbiblical, that is actually false. Cults do this a lot, but this in the Romans road is actually an example of something different. None of the facts, uh, think about it, Romans 3:23. What is the Romans road trying to say? All people are sinners. Is that true? Yes. In fact, you find that in Romans. Paul proves that in Romans and discusses it even earlier in chapter 3, but really focuses on it in chapters 1 and 2. All people are sinners. That is absolutely true. There is no doubt about that. It's just a mishandling of that verse. That's the problem. Romans 6.23. The punishment... For sin is ultimately separation from God and hell and eternal torment. 
And the ultimate benefit for those who believe in Christ is eternal life. Is that a true statement? Yes. Yes, that is absolutely true. We learn about eternal torment all throughout Scripture. That is the punishment for sin. So what the Romans wrote is teaching is accurate. But the verses are not, they're not being handled appropriately. Romans 5.8, that God loves sinners and he proves that love by sending his son to die on the cross for their sins. That is absolutely true. We see that throughout the New Testament. But that's not what Paul is dealing with in that passage. He's stating that to prove something else. And so it's not that any of these out-of-water verses are teaching something that's evil and false and another gospel. No, they're all teaching things that are true. It's just a mishandling of the text. So should we use it? Well, no. Because if we don't honor God's word, we're not honoring God. If I'm using a verse out of context, what I'm communicating then is that I know better than God. I'm not trusting that when God said these words, that he knew what he was trying to say. Or at least least I'm being careless and saying that I don't really care what God was trying to say in this passage. I would rather God say something that I want him to say right here. Um, And I'm not going to take the time. I'm going to be lazy. At the worst, we're actually ignoring context because we're more interested in making the point we want to make than we are in understanding God and understanding his word. So should we use the Romans road? No, (laughs) we should not use the Romans road as it stands here. Well, here's a common objection that we're going to get. Doesn't God use the Romans road? That's an interesting question. Because I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, I was actually saved using the Romans road. Someone walked me through the Romans road and I came to faith in Christ and I converted in my heart and I confessed with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I've been a Christian ever since. And it's So God uses it. And that causes us to ask, why would God use it? Why would God use something that's imperfect? And I think when we ask it that way, we answer our own question. God uses imperfect things. He uses me. He uses preachers. He uses teachers. He uses Sunday school teachers. He uses a co-worker. He uses all sorts of people and groups and associations to do amazing things for the gospel. But all of us are imperfect. God uses imperfect things all the time. The question is, should we then strive for imperfection? If we look in the Old Testament, God actually speaks through a donkey. But I'm not going to go find a donkey and invite him to be the pastor of my church. When we see that God uses even a broken Roman's road like the one we've just looked at, we should should worship God and glorify him in that he uses this broken system to still convince people of their sin and of his gift in Christ and draw them into a new life through belief in his son. And all those things are are wonderful. We should worship God for that and take comfort that if God uses an imperfect Romans road, then he can use an imperfect me. But we should still strive to know the word of God, to know the gospel, to be able to present it well, and to do so while properly handling the text. God uses imperfect things, but we do not strive for imperfection. So, If we're not going to use the Romans road as it stands, is there an alternative path through Romans? Because the concept of 
having a road through the book of Romans to share the gospel, I think is a great idea. Because the book of Romans is a wonderful theological treatise about the gospel. So if we can summarize the book of Romans as though we're walking on a little road through Romans, I think that's wonderful. That's a great idea. The Romans road that we've looked at really doesn't do a good job. Um, It's as though someone had all of these gospel points they wanted to make, found these verses, and ignored context and and just used them to make those points. That's not what we need to do. If we're going to do a road through Romans, then let's look at the book of Romans, follow Paul's thinking and his arguments, because they are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And if we're trusting that God knows what he's saying and knows how to say what he wants to say, then let's say it the way God said it. How does Paul work through the gospel in the book of Romans? So here's an alternative Romans road. I'm going to turn first to Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And I would say that this passage is teaching us very clearly that God is angry with mankind because of their sin. And what is that sin? Well, ultimately, it's the fact that they have not worshipped God. God has created a wonderful planet for us to live on. He's given us so many good things, and we have ignored Him, and we have not worshipped Him the way we should. And so God's wrath is on mankind. And that's where Paul starts, and so that's where I think we should start. From there, we would turn to Romans chapter 2 and look at verses 5 through 11. But after their hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up to thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul that doeth evil, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, but glory and honor and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, for there is no respect of persons with God. And I would take a break here and and bring out what this passage is saying, that if we will do good and we will honor God with our lives, then we will inherit God's favor. But if we're going to be contentious, if we're going to obey unrighteousness, if we're going to do our own thing, then we are going to suffer tribulation and anguish. We're going to receive for ourselves indignation and the wrath of God. And I might even bring out here that the wrath of God is ultimately eternal separation from him in a place called hell. So that's, the, that's how everything stands. If you want to be right with God, you've got to be good enough. Well, what does it say in verses 12 through 13? For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. But as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. We know what God wants for us to do. 
We can look at the Ten Commandments at this point and show God's revealed moral law. We can talk about conscience at this point. Everyone has a sense of right and wrong. And we all choose to do wrong. If we could keep that law, we'd be fine. But we can't keep the law. And that's what comes out in Romans 3, verses 20 through 26. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So the rules that God has set up for us to be determined whether we're good enough or not good enough, all those have served to do is show us that none of us are good enough. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, and that he might be just and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. And we could take time working through each of these verses because there's a lot in them. If God's standard of right and wrong, the law, has only proved that I'm a sinner and I'm going to be condemned by that law and I'm going to inherit God's wrath and tribulation and anguish and all those horrible things, then is there any hope? Well, there is hope because the righteousness of God without the law has been manifested and it's manifested in Jesus Christ. How are we saved then? It's not by keeping the law. Because everyone has sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so we have to be freely justified by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And so that is the gospel invitation. How are we saved? Through faith in Jesus Christ. So that's the gospel invitation. And then if they, if they do decide they want to get saved, then guess what? If they want to convert in their heart and believe in Jesus, then, then, then I would take them to Romans chapter 5. And look at verses 1 through 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. So we could take some time to talk about now God's love towards his children and how if we have faith in God and we're justified by that faith, we have peace with God and we have inherited a great love of God and it's proved to us by him giving us the Holy Ghost. And then I would turn to Romans chapter 6 and look at verses 1 through 14. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? I'm not going to read the rest of that passage here. But we would look at that and show them that now that they're saved, now they can live a life free from sin. Now they can live unto God instead of unto sin and reap the reward of God because of their faith, because of what Christ has accomplished, instead of continuing to reap the consequences of sin, which is shame and embarrassment and really death. So that's my alternative, Romans Road, Romans 1, 18 through 21, Romans 2, 5 through 11, Romans 2, 12 through 13, uh, and 3, 20. 
Romans 3, 21 through 26, that would be the gospel invitation. Romans 5, 1 through 5, and Romans 6, 1 through 14 would be follow-up. Once someone has made that decision, okay, here's some things you need to know. This is not going to fit into a small gospel track. Um, this podcast has already gone way over our normal limit because of this alternate Romans road. But it's more thorough, and that's a good thing. And it's more true to the text. My fear with the other Romans road is that if someone gets saved with it, and they're a new Christian, and they decide, I want to look up these verses. And if they have any idea how to read any kind of literature, they're going to read it, and they're going to find that all those verses are out of context. And they're going to find all of those facts that they were taught in the book of Romans. They're going to find all those things. But it's not going to be in the verses that we showed them. I wouldn't want that to damage either their faith or their Bible study practice. I don't want them to think, oh, well, that person that shared the gospel with me used these verses out of context, so obviously context is not that important. We do not want them to think that. We want them, even from the get-go, to have a great respect for the Word of God. In honoring the Word of God, we honor God Himself. So until next time, whether we're reading or studying, preaching or teaching, let's keep the Bible in context. God bless.